When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Sox Beat Podcast presented by CLNS Media, your leading online provider for audio and video content for Major League Baseball. I'm the host of this podcast, Chris Cotillo. I'm a Red Sox Beat writer for MassLive.com. This is episode 219 of the show. It's presented by BetOnline.ag, which is CLNS Media's leading online sports book. You'll hear more about them later, but first, wanted to welcome back a guest that we've had a few times on here, someone that I know very well working with him at Fenway. Uh, whenever the Red Sox are home and coordinating with him, whenever the Red Sox are on the road, like he was this weekend in New York, it's Chris Smith, uh, my co-beat writer at MassLive.com. And Chris is the only person on the beat, definitely, and maybe the only person in the world that will take the 3 a.m. train back from New York after a Sunday night baseball game and then sleep all day. So how was that today? I love it. Actually, uh, John Tomasi told me that he once did it. He hated it, so he never does it again. But yes, I, I seem to like it. It's not bad. It is definitely bad. I will never be doing it. But as long as you're enjoying it every time you go, that's that works. So you were obviously in New York. I was at home. I'll be heading to Kansas City tomorrow. But um, you were able to kind of see a four-game series that became a three-game series with that rain out Thursday night. Uh, I think kind of a sky-is-falling mentality for the Red Sox after the Saturday loss. Lost four in a row there. Um, you know, fell back to 500 for the first time in a while. Got you to write a column kind of about the urgency you've seen from the team this year that has not been at the level from last year. So, you know, they won last night. David Price kind of exercises demons at Yankee Stadium with a big win. I agree with you that he's now the ace of the staff that you wrote last night and he has been since last summer. But kind of your overall takeaways from what the Red Sox really needed a big series in New York and came back or came out disappointing, I think. The Yankees were actually executing on all cylinders over the weekend. I mean, other than Clint Frazier, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. And then he doesn't even field questions to mm-hmm. the media, which was the big phrase of the Yankees reporters when they came back up to the press box. They were loving that one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and the Yankees were executing on a high level and the Red Sox are not. I mean, they're, you know, Nunez getting thrown out at second base the other day. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a two, in a two run game with two men on, two outs, Benatendi up. You know, you need runs. He gets thrown out. You know, then then he gets thrown out again. You know, he said it will never happen again. Then he gets thrown out. You know, going to going to second base yesterday. Uh, you know, early in the game that could have come back to haunt them. Yep. You know, and 
so there's there's things that they're not executing. It's interesting that um, Cora was asked, you know, by one of the national reporters or, or the New York reporters, I forget, but, the, you know, why this team hasn't gelled this year so far. And he said that, you know, first it was the starting pitching that wasn't good. And then it's been the offense that's just been, you know, up and down all year. It's been streaky. Sometimes they haven't hit with runners in scoring positions. Sometimes they haven't hit at all. And, you know, so you take those two things combined, and that's why the Red Sox haven't gotten going this year. And, you know, I think there's some urgencies from some players. I think David Price is obviously having a great year. Um, you know, Xander Bogarts is at, you know, extremely high level. I mean, his, his, he's going to blow past his, you know, war um, from a year ago, and he had such a good, good year last year. That was a career year. year last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Devers is, is a lot better than last year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the best players in baseball. What do you get today? The, the player the of the month? Player of the month for Matt, yep. Yeah. And so there's guys that are, you know, that are having better years, but there's also other guys that are, you know, not near where they were last year. You know, Ben you know, going into yesterday, was 49 points below in his slugging percentage. And, you know, his, his strikeout rate has gone, you know, up from like 16% to like, you know, 20, 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's up and, you know, and, and uh, Mookie Betts has not had the same year as he had right. as an MVP. And you can look at it and he still has, an, uh, you know, an OPS in the 800s, but he has done absolutely nothing against left-handed pitching. And I don't think that this is, you know, been in the conversation that much. You know, Cora hasn't been asked about that as much. Maybe, you know, even um, Betts hasn't been asked about that as much, but he's doing nothing against left-handed pitching this year. He was crazy good against lefties last year. And so that's a big issue. So there's, you know, guys that aren't performing at the level that they, you know, did last year, and they obviously need another reliever. And at this point, it's going to be difficult with how the Yankees have played without you know, with how many injuries they've had, I think it's 18, you know, mm-hmm. injured list stints. Uh, and that's, that's obviously a lot of good players. players. Yeah. 18 injured, li- eight, 18 players with 20 injured list stints mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's it's judge not- and Stanton and Gregorius and Batances and obviously Severino. I mean, that's really the core of your team and they've still found a way to be this good. Yeah. And you know, you look at their bullpen and, you know, if if their starters get the job done and they get a lead, you know, past the fifth, sixth inning, they can shorten games up, and you know, it's it's very difficult to beat them if 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 you're if you don't have a lead past the fifth or sixth inning, because if the Yankees have a lead past the fifth or sixth inning, they're going to win on most nights, mm-hmm. and so I just don't see them losing nine and a half games in the standings to the Red Sox. I think at this point, you know, it would take a miracle. Uh, the Yankees are on, you know, close to 108 win pace now. Yep. They were, and, um, you know, it would take a miracle from the Red Sox. And uh, I think you just got to focus on the, the wild card. I mean, I'm sure the players aren't focused on it. Gore is not focused on it, but the wild card. But I think that's your best bet right now if you're the Red Sox. Yeah. And that's a crazy thought. I mean, kind of a blasphemous one. If you look back to what the expectations were. Thinking back to opening day in Seattle, spring training, you know, the kind of the question was, will this team get to 108 wins again? I think it was possible with that whole core back. There were questions about the bullpen, but nobody really foresaw these types of issues, starting pitching, 
lineup, you know, Ben and Tenny regressing bets, guys like that. I think something that was interesting this weekend, um, you know, as much as Alex Cora and David Dombrowski have preached, we're fine. Everything's going to be fine. We do need to play better, but we're fine kind of throughout the year. There have been two things that have stood out to me as kind of mulligans that they've taken so far this year. So the first one, both of them actually came at Yankee Stadium, weirdly enough. But the first one was uh, designating Swihart for assignment. That was a move that was talked about a ton, obviously. And then bringing up Sandy Leone, that was in mid-April. And then this other thing that just happened this week, this weekend, was Mookie Betts moving back into the leadoff spot, uh, replacing Andrew Benatendi after Cora had committed to that at the winter meetings in Vegas. Really wrote it for most of the season this year. Uh, there were times when you know guys were out and he he played around with it and put bets ahead of Benatendi. Your bets let off when Benatendi was out of the lineup. We even saw a couple games with Chavis in the leadoff spot. But finally, you know there was that really kind of drastic move all of a sudden where all right we need to shake things up again. And that's happened now twice in New York in two months. Um, and I thought you know I, I I respect when they do stuff like that because it shows that they're willing to change and that they're not you know just kind of sitting there and you think about. It's that meme and that dog sitting in the fire with the, everything is fine and the, everything's kind of in flames around him. Uh, the Red Sox are actually making changes. And I think that was a drastic one this weekend. Yeah. And I think that you can look at it with Cora and, you know, Cora hasn't been at, at fault for a lot of things. And, you know, you, you, a lot of fans are like, well, why didn't he make this move earlier? You know, why did he make this move in the first place when things were working so well? And, uh, you know, obviously they won a championship last year with, you know, Betts leading off and Benetendi second. But I thought it was the right move. I think your best here should be second and fourth. Uh, I think that the players, you know, just didn't perform. And that's and that's that's a significant part of this is that the players yep. haven't performed. It's not Cora. Now, um, has Cora done a few things that, you know, I mean, like, I, I think that the plan in spring training with the pitchers and them getting off to a completely, you know, slow start in, you know, putting themselves behind the eight ball was not good. And I also think that, you know, Cora had a lot of confidence in uh, coming into this year and, the, you know, that they were going to be the same type of team as last year. And I think that there may have been an overconfidence level. And, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that at, comment at the uh, baseball writers dinner. That keeps I don't think tweeting. people. I don't think pe- I keep retweeting and I don't think people keep bringing it up and the, no one's mm-hmm. really asked him about it yet. Um, but, you know, I yeah, mean, that, that, that was if you think 2018 was impressive. Wait till you see what we do in 2019 or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, Cora had that confidence and it seemed like, you know, I mean, this guy's been in the, you know, was in the big leagues for how many years as a player. He knows that. You know, he, he knows that things, I mean, he, he was a utility player. He knows how tough things are in the majors, that not every year you're going to have a 100-win season. And so I, I just felt like the they almost, he is almost at fault in that way that he was thinking that the party was just going to continue into this year and that it was just going to be, you know, the same thing. But, I mean, he hasn't done anything managerial wrong I mean, the obviously the the whole thing with the spring trainings starters and you know getting behind the eight ball there, but you know, I mean, overconfidence maybe, but um, you know, in terms of decisions and you know Mookie Betts being in the second spot, I agree with that. I agree with a lot of things that they you know that he he decided to do. Uh, it just didn't work out. I think it's his performance. 
of players. And, you know, a big reason why the Red Sox are where they are right now is because of the performance of the players, not because of the the manager or, or anyone else. It's, you know, I mean, you look at it, they're three and 12 and or three and nine in, in Chris Sale's 12 starts. Yep. And, you know, Chris Sale's one and seven. That shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a reason why you're not going to win the division. Yeah, I and think that's performance by a, a huge player that just got a big contract. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, though, if you if you kind of single out a bunch of different things that have gone right for this team and look at that. And if you told me or, or told anybody in spring training that these things would happen, that you'd think that this team was, you know, eight and a half games back as we as we just debated that that's the actual number. But um, if you think about Christian Vasquez taking a big step forward, Rafael Devers being one of the best hitters in baseball and really improving defensively. Um, if you think about the bullpen, Matt Barnes being really an elite reliever for most, most of the time, Marcus Walden and Brandon Workman stepping up those types of things. Bogart's playing even better than he did last year. And David Price pitching like an ace that you think, you know, there's no way that those are kind of some of the question marks on this team. Some of those guys that we talked about, there's some certainties that you thought you'd have Chris sale uh, Mookie bets at times, and even, you know, Ben Attendee had some inconsistencies last year. I think there's been just kind of this has gone wrong in ways that we couldn't have seen coming before the year. The only exceptions, I think, were what I thought was the worst two-day stretch of the season. That was the last two games against Cleveland, that bullpen meltdown with Brazier and Lakins and Walden uh, in the second game of that series, and then that blowout 14-9 to loss the night after. I think, you know, I think that was kind of how we expected this team to lose if they were going to. But so far, it's been in a completely different way. So I'll let you play manager here, Chris, for a second. And what changes would you make next? We've seen, like I talked about, those two big moves. Leon comes up, Swihart goes down, and now that's in Benatendi swapping in the leadoff spot. But is there anything else you do? Would you try to, you know, get Dombrowski to acquire a reliever now? Would you, you know, try to force some other move? I mean, I just think, there's not a lot of roster flexibility to do things. So you have to do things kind of within the roster that um, kind of makes it hard. Yeah. So one thing I would do is, uh, you know, I, I know that Nunez had a couple hits yesterday and, you know, that was good and everything positive, but his, his OPS is what 500 or something. It's not good. He's hitting, he's hitting in the ones. Um, I asked Cora, and I haven't written it yet, but I asked Cora about Marco Hernandez, who is killing it down in Pawtucket offensively. I asked him, you know, about him this past weekend, and he said that, you know, defensively he's not ready yet. But Mm -hmm. um, he also said defensively Chavis wasn't ready yet before he brought up Chavis. And so um, I would, you know, Part ways with Eduardo Nunez, I would get Mark, uh, Marco Hernandez on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a small move, but I mean, it's a better, it's an upgrade right there. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, as, as 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 I talked about last week with Ian Brown, when we were talking about Pedroia, the Pedroia news kind of gives the Red Sox a lot of roster flexibility that they didn't have last year. Basically, you're swapping out Michael Chavis for Ian Kinsler, who was the guy kind of paired with Nunez and Holt last year. Holt can play a variety of positions, as we've seen. That's kind of his calling card. Chavis can yep. do that as well, playing first, third, second. And, uh, you know, Nunez becomes repetitive on this roster with those couple guys. You're talking about Nunez. OPS, as of today on the off day on Monday, 521. He's hitting 219, has one homer and, and 101 plate appearances. So 
Um, while he does give you that option to play second, short, or third, you do have a lot of guys. Chavis can move around. Holt can move around. Um, and if you bring out Marco Hernandez, he has some versatility as well. Zhu Weilin's another guy. He's on the men right now as he comes back from um, injury. But I think, you know, if things don't improve with Nunez, they're looking at, you know, Steve Pierce and Mitch Moreland are going to come back probably soon from these injuries, and, and he could be a guy that gets cut. So uh, that's yeah. an interesting one. Uh, another one is I would put Devers second in the lineup, and I would move Benetton down to sixth or seventh. Um, you know, we've seen Benetton in the sixth spot, uh, you know, several stars this year, I think like six or stars. He's hit sixth. He's just not having as good of a year. And maybe he'd be more relaxed there or, you know, he hasn't hit well in the first inning at all this year. Right. His average is below 100 in the first inning. You know, your best hitter should be, as I've said, second and fourth. Devers is one of your best hitters right now. I think it would really be a good thing to, you know, in the first inning to have both Betts and Devers come up and, uh, you know, back to back. Um, and that gives you, you know, right and left, too. The other thing, I yeah, obviously I would I would you know ask Dombrowski to get on a reliever immediately. Now let me ask you, the hot stove person, mm-hmm. didn't we hear Dombrowski at the beginning of last off season at the winter meeting saying that he was going to acquire a reliever, you know, and then it just faded off. Yeah, well, so what Col- happened? Colton I mean, Brewer. <laughs> Yeah, I know that, but I mean, that's just like, you know, you you thought like he was going to acquire a proven reliever and, you know, Colton Brewer has had, you know, had, had maybe five innings in the major right. leagues. No, I was, I was joking. And, I mean, and this yeah, is a no, guy yeah. that... But we, I mean, we, he we, did say that. We were, we thought that he was going to, you know, sign a reliever. I mean, you know, you, you think about it back in the winter meetings and, you know, I remember Rob... Bradford asked, um, you know, Dombrowski a question about, you know, uh, Robertson, you know, and, and negotiating, you know, him negotiating mm-hmm. his own contract and stuff. So we at that time felt like they were going for, you know, one of those guys like, you know, uh, Robertson, Robertson Ottavino. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden that, it just, yeah. That's something that came up this weekend, uh, you know, and, and something that got a little bit of. Run this weekend is a story I did talking to Adam Ottavino back in April when I was in New York, uh, two game series there. Um, Ottavino was kind of the perfect fit for the Red Sox in terms of a guy who had dominated in Colorado as a free agent. He had gone to school at Northeastern, so a lot of people kind of thought that that would be a fit, familiar with the area. Uh, it kind of looked like he was going to come east. He's from New York, so he ended up signing with the Yankees. He's been excellent so far. And I asked him, you know, what was the level of interest from the Red Sox? He said they were one of the first teams that called. And then from there, nothing, you know, really got off the ground floor from there. It basically stalled and he started talking to some other teams. And it seems like, you know, talking to, you know, they did have some interest in in relievers later, you know, around late January, a guy like Sean Kelly or maybe an Adam Warren, guys like that, who I think would have fit in at the price. I mean, those guys were either getting minor league deals or two or three million dollar deals that they could have afforded. Um but they, you know, in terms of the big fish, David Robertson, who goes to the Phillies in the, in the winter, uh, Adam Ottavino goes to the Yankees. We saw Andrew Miller, former Red Sox, go to the Cardinals. Some other guys were, some other names were were bounced around. And um, Zach Britton even, you know. Yeah, Zach Britton goes to the Yankees too. The Yankees decided to spend up. A lot was made about that. Kind of the differing philosophies on building a bullpen. And 
uh, you know, so far for the Red Sox. I think, and I wrote this last week that the bullpen is too dependent on Matt Barnes as currently constructed, where they're putting him in these high leverage situations, and if something, you know, goes off plan like it did um, last, I believe it was Wednesday in uh, or t- Tuesday night when they played the Indians in that game, they lost seven five. Matt Barnes has to come in early. Uh, earlier than expected because Walden implodes. He has to get the last two outs of the eighth. They have to go off script, go to Brazier for the ninth, and everything fell apart there. You know, if you keep Barnes in his role, as Cora said, we had everything lined up, then you probably win that game. But anything goes wrong, and Barnes needs to come in. The draft is is ongoing now, so uh, once that happens, usually teams uh, really get involved in trade talks, and I think this year even earlier than normal because there's no August trade deadline. So. There's going to be trades in June. We saw one Jay Bruce goes to the Phillies the other day, but there are any relievers out there that kind of pique your interest already. So we'll take a break for a second because it's already springtime in Boston. There's a lot going on. Obviously the Red Sox are one game above 500, but there's a lot else going on in Boston sports Bruins. As of this recording, they're up two one. When you listen to this tomorrow, they'll you know, either be up three one or tied two two against the blues Celtics are not, in it but there's obviously the raptors and the warriors still to worry about you can see all of that and sharing the wins with the red Sox, the bruins whoever by grabbing the odds and allowing the experts at betonline.ag to do the heavy lifting for you they have sports live betting the virtual casino anything you want betonline.ag is clns media's preferred sports book online if you're feeling lucky and want to support our podcast by going on there, you can go to clnsmedia.com backslash SoxBeat, that's S-O-X-B-E-A-T, and use our custom promo code, that's CLNS50, CLNS50, for a 50% sign-up bonus. CLNS50 on betonline.ag, that's A-G as in Attorney General, that's your online sportsbook experts. So Chris, back to the regular programming here, talked about you know the bullpen, who, in terms of relievers, now trade season's not quite underway yet? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really looked into too much of that, but I do have a thought about the Red Sox, you know, internal candidates here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know that you, that I sometimes get locked in on certain relievers in the minors, like Ty yes, Buttry last year. Lakens this year. And I was right about Ty Buttry last year. I am off the Lakens kick because he just hasn't been good this year, you know, from the start. In spring training, he wasn't good. Then, you know, he hasn't done the job in AAA. He's, it's, it's basically a control issue with him. I mean, or a command issue. Mm-hmm. He just isn't commanding his pitches. And, you know, and we and that's saw why that. And I want to let, I want to let the listeners know that the other night, um, Chris Smith wrote a whole Travis Lakins feature, and then Travis Lakins came out and threw about four strikes and 40 pitches, and that, well, that did not it make actually, uh, publication. It, it actually, I could probably bring it back out because it wasn't like about how good Travis Lakins is. It was about how he has had, um, you know, command issues, and he's not commanding his pitches. And so I probably will bring it back out this week. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a great time after that game because, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't good. And, and um, you know, I, I was working on some other stuff and it still needed to be finished late at night. And he wasn't yep. really, you know, so w- whatever. But that's the reason. So but I think that when you look at it, a guy that could be one of those guys that steps in right now internally is Josh Taylor, who I wrote about today. Now, yep. I was talking to Brian Bannister yesterday or the day before 
and he was like, you know, there's not many people, there's not many left-handed relievers in, you know, Major League Baseball that have the type of velocity that, that Josh Taylor has. And, you know, Cora made an interesting point. He said, Josh Taylor's, this is a completely different version of Josh Taylor than in spring training. So his stuff has obviously improved as the year's gone on. And, you know, I, I like hard throwers in your bullpen, you know, and we saw that with Ty Butcher. Ty Butcher is a hard thrower yep. and he gets strikeouts. And, you know, this guy, uh, Taylor, is going to, you know, light up, light you up with some four seamers. And then he's going to, you know, mix in a slider here and there. He's got a two seamer that's hard and, you know, he'll mix in a curveball every once in a while. So, I think that he could potentially be, you know, an arm that helps him. I think they need, and it was interesting. Somebody asked me that, like, is he just here short short term? And I just answered that on, on Twitter. And um, I said to, to the person, I was like, you know, I mean, we didn't expect with, with Ryan Brazier last year when, you know, he first. Or Marcus Walden this year. Yeah. That they were going to be here, you know, for a long time. So it's about performance. And And we didn't expect Chavis to be here past that weekend, really. Exactly. And so, like, you know, one thing that that kind of, like, you know, kind of, you know, piqued my interest about or or was interesting to me over the weekend was that when uh, was when uh, Taylor warmed up in the uh, game yesterday uh, with Heath Emery in the seventh inning. So obviously, Cora feels enough trust in Taylor right now to use them in the seventh inning with a lead at Yankee stadium. And right. And, you know, and core was asked after that game, why he brought in Matt Barnes in the eighth with a six run lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, have you seen this team? You know, no six run leads, you know, safe, safe at all. So, right. Exactly. So he obviously had, tr- I mean, he wouldn't just been warming up Taylor for any, you know, unless he, you know, was thinking about bringing him in the game possibility of a matchup there. Uh, I'm not sure which matchup it would have been in that inning, but, you know, I mean, I, I think that there is some trust level with him and we need to see where it goes, but you'd probably be more of the guy that you can tell me who are some of the relievers you're, you're thinking of. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a ton of really bad teams. And I think, like I said, you expect kind of the sales to commence in the next few weeks. The giants have a few guys, you know, Will Smith at the back of their bullpen, Madison Bumgarner is going to be uh, their big fish, but uh, the Giants have some guys. Obviously, the Orioles, I expect, will be trading Michael Givens at some point. He's a guy the Red Sox know from the division. So there's going to be sellers. We know that uh, at this point. But as you said, some in- interesting internal ca- candidates with the Red Sox. You can read about Josh Taylor on Mass Live today. Headline is Boston Red Sox. Rookie Josh Taylor brings a 96.8-mile-an-hour heater to Yankee Stadium five years after signing as an undrafted free agent. He's another guy that's come up, you know, kind of an unheralded guy. was acquired for Devin Marrero in a small trade. Uh, last year and now you know he's making an impact in the majors I think you know as you said we saw Brazier come up this kind of no name at the time who ended up he's been on the major league roster ever since Marcus Walden had a good spring but came up after not making the opening day roster and he's suddenly a big piece of this bullpen so you know it's kind of an open competition still it shouldn't be that's considering you know how much we've talked about getting a big time reliever both of the trade deadline last year and throughout the winter into spring training. But now that it's an open competition, it's really a chance for any of these guys 
uh, to step up. Talking about prospects, talking about minor leagues, this is what really fires Chris Smith up. Some big news from the Red Sox farm system today. <laughs> Jaron Duran, who was drafted a year ago, right, in the seventh round at a Long exactly. Beach State University. Is, is that the dirt bags out there? That's Evan Longoria's school, I, I think. I have no idea. You have no idea? All right. You well, said that, I didn't. <laughs> I think I think that's what they're called. I think they're the LBSU dirt bags. Um, so... <laughs> Jaron Duran gets called up today. Um, it is the dirtbags. There you go. Thank you, Google. Wow. Uh, Jaron Duran gets called up today after tearing it up at high A. He's now at double A Portland. I was kind of looking at SoxProspects.com and the people over there do fine work. And I was looking at kind of where he is on the prospect rankings. And he's all the way up to number three behind Dahlbeck and Darwinson Hernandez. That's with Michael Chavis graduated. So he's made a leap. Keith Law even said in a tweet last week that he was a legit prospect. What should Red Sox fans know about the newest Portland Sea Dog and Jaron Duran? Actually, I think he's behind Cassis and uh, he's behind behind Cassis. Oh, and, it's Cassis and, and Darwinson. Yeah, I, Dahlbeck might be fourth. Dahlbeck's fourth. All right, well, whatever. So yeah, so <laughs> I thought no, they had Dahlbeck, Dahlbeck second. Duran then Darwinson. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. My bad, everybody. No, no problem. We 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 um we accept your apology. Yeah, you're the prospect guru anyway, so. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I think that um, a lot of people, first of all, in Baseball America, there was a uh, comparison to Brett Gardner, um, you know, in, in that his speed is, is un, you know, unreal. And um, a lot of people have compared him recently to Jacoby Ellsbury in the minor leagues, you know, like just explosive speed. He can get out of the box so fast. He's just, you know, blazing speed down the line, blazing speed if he's going around the bags, second, third. He can make a, you know, a single, a double. He can make a double, a triple. Um, he's hit a little bit. He's hit for a little bit more power of, of late. He's hit a couple of home runs recently. I think he's got gap to, well, I do know that he's got gap to gap power. So it's not like he's just, you know, dribbling some hits in the infield and you know that's why he has a near 400 average um you know he he has though that speed where anything out of the you know anything in the infield he's going to put pressure on the Mm -hmm. the infielders to get a hit uh to to make a good throw or make a quick release and a good throw to get him because he's that fast and uh you know another thing is is that he was a second baseman you know, Long Beach State, and and um, they really wanted to uh, use his speed more, so they moved him to center field. So he's in center field now. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, an interesting kid. Um, you know, he told me for an article recently that, you know, he would assign for his bus ticket to wherever they were sending him to. He just wanted to play. And I think that when you get down to a seventh rounder out of college, you know, that is – you know, I mean, there's a lot of that type of attitude because, yep. you know, I mean, if it's a set, you know, if it's a seventh rounder out of high school, you know, they, that's, you know, but if it's a seventh rounder of college, um, that's more of a long shot to make it. And it's pretty incredible that what he's done in, in a, in a short time, you know, especially, you know, bursting up the prospect rankings because, you know, Sox prospects doesn't take that lightly either. I mean, you know, I think he went from ninth this 13th past... to three. What's that? He was 13th as uh, as of yeah, April 4th. April 4th. And I think he went to ninth uh, in May. And then he, yeah, and then he's third down. I mean, that's incredible jump 
thing that I would caution people about is is that you know let's see his numbers in Portland because you mm-hmm. know big jump. There's there was a guy named Garen Caccini who had, you know, and I'm not comparing them as players, but, you know, he had an OPS of over a thousand at Salem and it went down to the eight hundreds at double A. And then when he got to triple A in the majors, he just couldn't hit. And so we, as you know, me and some of the other prospect guys were, you know, excited about Caccini back in the day and, yeah. Thought he was going to be, you know, a Wade Boggs type who could, you know, not, I'm not saying, Jesus. you know, Wade Boggs, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a guy that can hit for average and, you know, have a high on base percentage and, you know, be a big, you know, quality third baseman for them for a while. Um, but, you know, you have to double A is taken to a whole nother level. You know, that's where a lot of the top prospects are, the hard throwing prospects. And, um, you know, and, and it's going to be a challenge for him, and we'll see what happens. We'll leave you with this. Uh, Duran, just for the record, is hitting 387 with four homers and 13 doubles for Salem this year, playing basically, I think, only center field. But now we'll talk about, you know, the new, the new superstar on the baseball field, Chris Smith. That was your first media game experience in New York over the weekend, <laughs> right? How was that? Yeah. Um, so I basically just went, I went with two gloves. I went with a catcher's glove and an outfielder's glove, a David Justice outfielder's glove. David wow. Price would have loved that. I didn't even realize it was a David Justice. I, it was what I, I had thought you were I talking about Richard Justice from MLB.com. For no, second, no, I, get, no, I now no, get no. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was a David Justice glove, and uh, it was like my outfield glove. Like I have a new first baseman's glove that I bought within the last couple of years and a new catcher's glove. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always had the same outfielder's glove since I was in like Little League, and I looked down at it the other day, and I realized it was David Justice. Wow. So that's that's pretty old. That's like a little older than Cotillo, you know? So, right, uh, probably. So I just was going to, you know, go out in the outfield and, you know, play catch, and I did that, and that was fun. But, you know, Kenny was like, uh, Kenny, who's the coach or whatever. Yep, like, manager Ken Powtak from the AP. <laughs> He was like, yeah, if you want to get in there and pinch run. So I was like, okay. So, you know, Bradford was like, you could pinch run for me. So Bradford's a good hitter. Mm-hmm. So he got on and I got, he got on first and I pinch ran and I got to second. And then somebody hit one to shit the shallow outfield. And Bradford was like, you know, Bradford was, uh, you know, calling me around third base to come home. You know, he's waving me around and I, trip to going around third base and everybody says you know it's probably because i didn't have cleats on you know it's it's very either that or because you're you're a bumbling stumbling idiot i was just going to say that that's probably more the case right, right. there mm-hmm. and um you know i really roughed up my hand and my knee uh but i um still persisted i got back out on that field and i ran again and i got from i Bradford got a double the next time up and uh, I got home. Uh, I turned the bag third in on a on a single into the outfield, and I made it home without wow. falling. Run score. I scored a run, and yeah, and but the one that I fell on between third and first, I actually got back to the bag. Uh, I got back to third base. It was a <laughs> God. Run. I wish there was video. It was a <laughs> Jen. Jen McCaffrey said it made her a year. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. <laughs> that'll, that'll probably be it for uh, for your <laughs> your media game adventures forever. 
so, just like this uh, no might be no I, I that's not it i'm going i'm going in september and oh. i actually played right field the final inning wow and i think i'm going back in september and i'm going to buy some cleats and i think that you know i'm really gonna i i actually asked um i they try they kept trying to pick me off on base like they threw over oh. the bases like 10 times you, on me you were a threat and so i said to I said to Ian Brown, I was like, why are they like, why are they pick, why are they trying to pick me off so much? They're like, yeah, they, they probably think you're like Ricky Henderson because we were using you as a, as a pinch runner. Yeah, well, they're they think wrong. You're probably some special runner. But yeah, they were completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the, uh, the designated non hitter is a better way to put it. Yeah. So. so, all right. Well, we'll see you September 6th at the media game. And uh, a few thousand times before then. Chris Smith for Mass Live. Thank you, as always. And thank you guys for listening.